Welcome to the Mortcast, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Uh, I have one of the co-owners on my podcast. Uh, I recorded it yesterday. I'll be releasing it this week, um, and it'll be like a half hour, basically, Think of it as a, a uh, exploration of, of 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 what a local wine business is. It's some great stories from Mark Blanchard, um, and I think you all will enjoy it. It's kind of off the beaten path for me, but this is going to lead me to something that where there may be a little uh, new exploration, a little new podcast that's, that's going to be creeping up on the CSG Network here soon. So I'm looking forward to telling you about that later. If you go down to Blanchard Family Wines, you can have my favorite 2017 Cabernet um, or you can have a Pinot, you have Syrah, you can have a White, you can have Blends basically anything you need this is a this is a small business that is in both Sonoma County, California and Colorado um, they also have partnerships with Western Slope wineries uh, in Grand Junction so Restoration Storm Cellars they, uh, one of them specializes in Rieslings which is kind of the specialty of the Western Slope uh, but they also, uh, uh, Restoration also has reds, red blends, and Syrahs. Basically anything you need, going to Blanchard Family Wines. If you go to bfwdenver.com, you can book, book yourself a virtual wine tasting, which is insanely popular still. And uh, I was just we got the uh, information from Mark yesterday that it's been even more popular than I thought. It's been a fantastic, fantastic thing for them, and I encourage you to check that out too. If you're like me and you're not fully vaccinated yet, and you can't really get downtown until uh, you do that. So, once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee, beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in, or you talk to him, tell him Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast. I sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. I apologize for the barking dogs. Uh, it is Sunday morning, and people don't, you know, give a shit on Sunday mornings. So, <laughs> it is what it is. But this is the Outside Casts, where I answer your questions outside in beautiful and noisy Thornton, Colorado. Um, all right. And let me load up my Twitter here, and we will get started. Um, a good variety of questions today, folks. I, I uh, appreciate it. Uh, there's only three, but uh, all good. So let's get started. Um, first one is from Jared, at uh, Jared Legend on, or, excuse me, get your full, get your full, uh, handle here, if I can. Um, Jared Legend NBA. Okay. Uh, what are what other MVP candidates have been overlooked as much as Joker? I I, I will go back into the Nuggets history here. Um, in 1978, uh, David Thompson had a tremendous year. Um, it was the second year the Nuggets were in the NBA, and uh, Thompson. That was the year of his 73-point game, the epic scoring title battle between him and George Gervin, and uh, it was it was that good. Um, the interesting circumstances of that of that particular thing was Thompson was 
not really, I mean, this is when I say Thompson was the first superstar in Denver. He wasn't overlooked. He was actually quite the star nationally uh, and got a whole bunch of pub, as did George Gervin. Uh, these were the, you know, two leftovers of, you know, uh, Dr. J had been sent to the uh, um, Philadelphia 76ers out of uh, the New, the, uh, New York slash New Jersey Nets. And the uh, uh, artist Gilmore had gone to the Chicago Bulls, but the Thompson and Gervin were the two guys who were still on their original teams. And uh, both of them engaged in an epic, epic battle. Uh, what happened in 78 was Bill Walton ended up winning the MVP. The interesting thing about it is, as great as, Tom, as, as Bill Walton was, and it was undeniably, undeniably great, the, the Blazers were 50-8 and eight, uh, when... Uh, Walton went down with one of with the beginning of his many 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 injuries through the next three years. Um, when Walton went down, uh, the Blazers actually became a much worse team. So his 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 actual numbers that year were great, but uh, he only played fifty eight games, and so he missed twenty four games, and there. There is an argument to be made that both Gervin and um, Thompson, who played, I think, collectively, they only had missed three games that entire year, um, were more deserving of the MVP award. And I think those two guys in 1978 were, the mo- were overlooked in a, in a sense that Bill Walton was given a, a large amount of, of leeway considering where the Blazers were before he went down. You can make an argument in several different ways right there. Um, another way is to look at Steve Nash uh, winning in, 19, in 2004 uh, over Shaquille O'Neal. Um, see, or was it 2005? 2005. Um, you know, I, 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 there's there's ways to look at this. Um, I, every, I mean, these MVP awards, they're all popularity contests. They are popularity contests, and they're not indicative of the actual worth of a player. They're not. Um, you are combining narrative, and you're combining all that other stuff that goes into having a what a award that amounts to a popularity contest. And that's why the ESPN BS this week is kind of like it should be expected. The 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 only thing that that um, surprised me this week it was the vitriol and the actual almost personal offense people were taking to the straw poll that Tim Bontemps um had uh, out of uh, media of uh in media and covers a lot. It's, it's and NBA media is more than just writers now. Um, that the the so the, the actual the, the the a personal offense people were taking to it is what really stunned me about this. And I think I think that part has done a disservice, particularly to ESPN. Um, but ESPN is in the narrative business; they're not in a cover business. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, in related related to this um, question from Charles Presley. Do you think the national media will come around on Joker if he wins the NBA an MVP this year? Um, only if he wins a title. And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, there has been some revisionist history when it comes to Dirk Nowitzki um, that I think people have willfully 
ignored. Uh, it wasn't Nowitzki winning MVP that made him legit. It was winning the title in 2011. It took 13 years for Dirk Nowitzki to change a lot of the baked-in narrative that was about European players. Um, even though Nowitzki was undeniably a superstar player from about 2000 on, um, it, it was definitely a... Uh, NBA narratives are hard to change. And with Jokic, it's going to be hard. I just, until he wins a title, uh, I, honestly, I honestly don't think it will change. There's something baked in about him now, and it goes in with pre-existing um, stereotypes and preconceptions about European players. Um, and Jokic just has, that, has to overcome that. Uh, the good thing about this, Nuggets fans, is that this doesn't matter to Nikola Jokic. And it's all well and good to fight the battles for these players. But I'll be honest with you, if the player doesn't care, we shouldn't care either. Um, I, I know we all love to def- defend the, 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 the dignity and the uh, uh, status of the city of Denver. Um, that's not a battle you're going to win against um, national media outlets that particularly, particularly in the NBA, where a league that is so based on superstars, um, it's going to be hard. And my advice to everyone would be to just not worry about it. Because Nikola Jokic, all he cares about is winning a title and making, making his team really good. So that's all we should care about. I know it's hard to do, uh, and, and particularly on Twitter where... Uh, it's hard not to get caught up in the mob. But honestly, Nikola Jokic is telling us um, that we shouldn't care about it, so I'm not going to. Uh, it doesn't matter to him. It doesn't matter to me. I think the more affecting awards and the better awards are the uh, All-NBA first team and Finals MVP. Those are the things that last the test, to me, that stand the test of time. And uh, if uh, Jokic, undoubtedly, I think he will get All-NBA first team this year. And as well as definitely win the MVP. I mean, I don't think it's a, I, don't, I, I think it's a foregone conclusion at this point. Um, All-NBA first team is such a more worthwhile award. Um, and as for defensive players defensive player of the year award is 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 really good unless you're Marcus Camby uh and you didn't really deserve to win the award in 2008 but that's another story uh or 2007 um all right uh before i finish the rest of this podcast i am going to talk to you about DraftKings Sportsbook America's top rated sportsbook app when i get the ad pulled up here okay Basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. While some teams are locks to make the playoffs, other ones are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any basketball team to win their next game, and if that during that game, the team of your choosing hits a three... 
you bring home $100 in free bets. That's 100 to 1 odds on your team, on a team of your choosing, hitting a 3. They don't even need to win. This year, teams have been hitting threes at an unprecedented pace. So get in on all the action uh, with DraftKings Sportsbook before this offer ends. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. If the, if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three, that's code MHS to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. Only for, for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Question number three from uh, the Trayonator, Mr. Trey Mitchell. Um, which member of the Beatles is most like you? That's an interesting question. Actually, I really like this question because uh, I love the Beatles. Um that's a. I will answer that this way. There is, uh, there's the Beatles as a collective unit, which was, was the most influential band in the history of music. Then there's the individual members, um, and when you're talking about the individual members, uh, you get towards the end of their careers as the group, the Beatles, when they started getting more individualistic. Actually. It's, to be honest with you, they got getting that way towards the middle of their their recording career, and it, and it got worse, or some say, some would say better, as they got to by by the time they recorded Abbey Road in 1969. I say all that to say uh, I'm a Paul McCartney guy. Uh, I am very much in tune to melody. Um, I have been playing guitar since I was 10 years old, so uh, 33 years, and in that time. I have found that my own personal flavor, my own personal taste, goes towards the ear for melody. Uh, I am not a quote-unquote lyrics guy. Um, I am not a guy who's going to write the most profound songs, but I will write the, the songs that have an ear towards melody. And in that way, I'm very, very much like Paul McCartney. Um, he is my by far, by far my favorite. Uh, Beatle, and in many, many ways, my favorite artist of all time. My uh, just um, to give you an idea, in 1993, the album, and there was a lot of albums that I really loved that year. That, that that's probably the peak of my album buying uh, time. Uh, it was basically from '92 to '90, I don't know, five, six, where I was just buying album after album after album. But the one that I anticipated the most was Paul McCartney's Off the Ground album, um, which is not his best album, but it's the one that resonates with me as a human being the most. Um, I have probably never listened to an album more than I have Off the Ground. And let me reiterate, it is not his best album. It's far from it. But it means a lot to me. And there have been no other albums released Right in the, you know, I'm a middle-aged man. So in the time that I've been alive, there's been very few, very few albums that have been currently released that aren't past releases, like before I began consuming music, that have impacted me as much as Off the Ground did. And that is 
a long, it's basically a long way for me to tell you that Paul McCartney is my guy. I identify with him. I, I probably have emulated the way he does music probably a little far too much, so, to be honest with you. But Paul's my guy and uh, always will be. And uh, uh, check out McCartney 3, um, his album that he released in December. And uh, there is a uh, album, he's, I think it was released this week, that was uh, all cover songs by different or various artists of his newest album. Uh, it's very unusual that, someone, that an artist will do this, but he released an album of, it's not collaborations, but it's like these artists who kind of came in and uh, I think it's called uh, McCartney 3 Visited. And Beck's on it and some other artists. Uh, I, I highly suggest checking that out too because, that, that, like I said, very few artists uh, would have the balls to release an album of covers of their own material. Uh, uh, but it is, it is, it's really cool. I've only heard a couple songs, but I'm looking forward to seeing, hearing the rest. All right, before I go, um, there is a... Uh, new kind of uh, podcast that I've been kicking around for a while, and I'm going to do a Twitter poll on this, but uh, I've been thinking about doing uh, a just like a once a month podcast or once every two months podcast on um, basically on reviewing wines, reviewing whiskeys, reviewing things like that. I mean, this is probably only appeal to like middle-aged men, to be honest with you. I'm, this is not a wide demographic that's going to like that sort of thing, and I fully acknowledge this. But I'm going to let you know that this is in the offing. My uh, co-host on TSG Politics, uh, Pat, he uh, and I have been kind of talk batting this around for a while, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and it's kind of something that I, I, I think could be something else. And it's not sports-related. We could talk sports during it. But this is really kind of a, a thing that's just for fun. And so letting you know. But I'm going to put a Twitter poll up uh, at uh, jmorton seventy eight. I'll retweet it at the CSG Network uh, Twitter Twitter account um, about they. It really what it is is like us reviewing alcohol. Uh, so if you are down with that, uh, let me know. And uh, uh, it's it's happening anyway. But if it's if it's right up your alley, let me know, and I'd really like to hear from you. All right, thank you all for joining me on latest Outside Cast, part of the CSG Network. I will be back with another one next week. See you later.